It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, uh, joining you for another edition of the uh, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Fun show today yes. because you don't just have to listen to me and Brady. It's interview season, which is, you know, when we first started this, I thought the summer might be a little rough, but it's actually one of the most fun times of the year because... Instead of just going out and doing games, you know, you get to talk to people a little bit here or there. We actually get to sit down and, and meet some of the people behind the madness. Yeah, and uh, today we'll talk a little Algonac baseball um, and maybe more. We may have some surprises. Yes. We'll wait and see. But uh, for sure, we'll get to co- uh, talk to Coach Thaler next. Uh, and then Josh Kasner is here. I'm looking forward to, mm-hmm. to that. We'll, we'll just absolutely grill him hmm. and make him. I want to see how he handles the pressure. And right. How he handles the pressure on the hill. Now I want to see how he handles. Get him the ready for the big time. Talking across to a couple of idiots that don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and uh, we'll get it all started in just a minute. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll cut to make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Home Style Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you are back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady, and uh, Scott Thaler is going to join us on the uh, program now. If you don't know who he is, you don't listen to our podcast. Right. right. <laughs> that, that is true. He is one of the, the stars of the area, especially this spring. I guess we'll start off, Coach. Congratulations on a heck of a run. Another historical season in Algonac. State runner-up. First time making it to the Final Four. Building off of the success from last year. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. It, it all starts uh, with, with anything. Well, in most sports, they say defense wins championships. In baseball, 
pitching wins championships. And uh, we all know about Josh Kasner. We're going to talk to Josh in the next segment. But beyond that, I don't know, it feels like you've got 15 different arms that you were throwing at people this year. And it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but Simpson was good. Thomas was good. Thomason was good. Williams was good. Those are the guys I saw pitch. Yeah, uh, going into the offseason, um, I think we counted nine or ten that were running through four-man bullpens. So we knew we had a pretty deep staff. Um, led by some seniors, and unfortunately, those seniors just didn't get a lot of time on the mound because, you know, we were three or four deep. Then those three or four were pretty darn good. And they'd eat up a lot of innings too. All right, let's start talking about this year. Let's start at the end of last year. It felt like it was the first time Algonac had really been in the big bright lights, first regional title. You got to the quarterfinal, <laughs> and then Edison kind of jumped on you, and it was over basically in the second inning. Like they got on top of you and you couldn't slow them down by the time it had gotten to the end. What was the messaging after that preparing the eight months for this season? Because you knew you were bringing a lot back. You obviously had a very talented team and you know what the, how the bright those lights get when you get to that far. What was the messaging through the off season? Well, I think it actually started, uh, at least for myself, right after that when um, we were down in East Lansing watching the girls play. And um, I was kind of bumped over to the uh, to the baseball uh, area, sat in those bleachers and took a picture. And that was the first thing that I did is I sent it to the boys and I said, dream big. And it kind of started there. Um, and then I went right into the off season. Obviously, the boys are playing summer ball. And I go out in the, uh, in the fall and we get started in, in November and just – the, the buy-in from our kids from, from day one in the offseason was amazing. And it, it really started with our, with our senior leadership. Um, they kind of led the way for us. And then, that, you know, that first team meeting, you know, our, our you know, everybody probably, has probably heard by now the, the 122 mantra. Mm -hmm. You know, we had it in the inside of our hats, and that was kind of our goal. We're not going to talk about it, but it's going to be close to us uh, the whole entire time. And um, that was kind of our, our thought process, dream big. And uh, even though we haven't been there yet, um, you can. You know, uh, another part of getting you prepared for the, the bigger, tougher, bright lights games, it kind of helps that your league is pretty tough, but the competition you go up against, there aren't too many teams that are just, it's a cakewalk. Uh, and, and even when you win big, you kind of go, oh, geez, how can we do that today? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll put our uh, our conference up against any D two D three conference in the state of Michigan. I mean, it's it's year in and year out, um, very very competitive. Um, you're not going to go undefeated in our conference. If you do, you're you're really darn good. Um, we always say that two or three wins is probably going to win the conference. And you know, going back to 2017 18, um, up until this year, our, we've been a 500 team in conference, and it's just those battles day in and day out on Mondays and Wednesdays that really prepare us. And I think our coaches also within the conference have pride in knowing that they're going to throw their best at you. You know, you're not going to – there's some conferences where they'll, uh, they'll pitch off uh, with their competition. So they might not pitch their best against their, their uh, league and they'll go against a tougher team later on. They'll pitch their best against them. For us, it's not like that. You're pitching your one and your two on, on Monday and Wednesday whatever order it is, and your number three and number four are going to be right in the mix to come in and, and close the game out if needed. And that's what I appreciate with, you know, what, you know, with our coaches also. And I think it, it really prepares us. And there are some great players in our conference. Well, that's the one thing that I loved about the BWAC is after the first two, three weeks, once you settle in, you know Monday starters are right. You look at the slate, it's them versus them. And, I mean, it felt like pitching in the BWAC was very strong all around. Even the teams that ended up fifth, sixth, seventh, had guys that, if they were on that day, are going to give you fits. I mean, Croslex had some guys, Armada has guys, Yale has guys, and they were never really in that final contention. But, I mean, you saw Yale. They knocked off Richmond, helped you guys out a little bit. Uh, obviously, Almont gave you trouble. They were a little tire up. Croslex in the back end of a doubleheader gave you trouble. And those are all guys that, you know, might not be pitching for the, the top two teams, but any given Monday or Wednesday, you're in trouble. Well, you look. You just look at the the game that the, the Dennis was at against Armada. That was our first mm -hmm. conference, and that was a three nothing game and a two nothing game. I mean, and you got to tip your hat to Armada 
if they uh, if they hit a little bit against us and we didn't throw a no hitter and uh, almost no hitter against them in, right. in two games, I mean it's it's a different story. But yeah, I mean throughout the conference, uh, the Hosterman kid from Croslex gave us fits. Obviously, Redmond in two in two games from Almont gave us all kinds of fits. You didn't even talk about North Branch and Brady right. Mitchell and, yeah. and Yen and their and uh, and their young staff that. Uh, that they have up there and you know Yale we just hit them at a at the right time we were really rolling them up yeah, but if we were to see them later on in the year I think it would have been a different story with them too and of course Richmond has you know four arms that are all going to college too so yeah within, our, with, yeah, within our conference I mean it's just pitching up and down and, and like you said that really prepares us for your big offseat or your big non-conference battles and then for the playoffs obviously it's it's really helped us out feels like Armada didn't score a run in the first month of the season, but I bet if I went back and looked at it, their record was okay, and every time they played, you're like, oh, they got a chance to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. They, they pitched so well. So we talked about, you know, the end of the season, working on the postseason, but before this year, you had never been BUAC champs. Essentially, it has been Richmond's conference to lose since its inception. I think before this year, there were two years where Richmond didn't have at least a share of the title. How much did you emphasize the BWAC coming into this and your league? Because it is so tough, and Richmond has been the top dog basically for the past 20 years. What was it like talking about conference play as well? Well, uh, in that first uh, first meeting that we had with the boys, we set goals for yourself. We put it on, on, our, on our whiteboard in our clubhouse, and um, <laughs> we wanted to make sure that they saw those goals, and those were goals were achievable goals. And the first one that we had on there was the BWAC. And, you know, like I said, I think all the coaches within the conference have pride. And um, that's first and foremost, win the league, because that's the kids that you see in all the sports right. year in, year out, the ones you grew up playing against since, you know, AYFL days in football or, or um, you know, bitty basketball or things like that. So um, I think we all put that first. And yes, the BWAC was a, a big goal of ours. Let's uh, talk a little bit about your, your team, because uh, there's a couple of guys I don't want to single out, but yeah, I want to single out a couple of guys. Now, with your pitching staff, I think a tough position to play for your team uh, is catcher. And, and I say that because when you get a, a guy like Josh, who throws three, four pitches well, commands the ball, but there's a little zip, there's a little extra movement, you know, there's a little more break, the slider does a little more. It's a tough position, and you use a couple of guys, but the guy that really stood out for me is maybe the young guy back there. Tell me about Evan Sadler and what kind of a ball player you have here and what we have to look forward to for the next couple of years. Well, the one word I think of with Evan is is leadership. Um, he's He's been wanting to be a leader his, his whole life. He's want, He wanted to be a leader as a freshman, then as a sophomore, and um, he earned that, that, that responsibility this year. And, if you didn't know, Evan, uh, Evan was injured halfway through the year last year, so it gave Jack Cote an opportunity to get the, uh, the catching job full-time. And we honestly didn't know if Evan was going to be healthy enough to be able to start right from, from day one. Um, in fact, some of his pens that he had early on this year catching, he would catch, flip the ball off the side just because he was you know, nursing, his, you know, nursing his injury still. So, um, but it, that, didn't, that didn't diminish from the fact that he was a leader. Um, he was the one that I, if I had to uh, text anything to the boys, it would go to him, and uh, he would get that out. He was in between him and Josh. Those were uh, no-brainers for uh, captains for us for out of the junior class. And uh, along with uh, Matt Melgerman, Ty, Ty Schultz, those were, the, those were our captains. And, and I, didn't, I didn't have to worry about anything. If anything was getting out of, getting out of hand, they would take care of it. So yeah, Evan had a great year. Uh, three home runs. I think he scored, and I only know this because I was looking at all county stats. Forty-nine runs. Um, just an amazing, just an amazing, amazing year for Evan. So you guys, one thing, if you watch an Algonac baseball game, one thing that I think jumps off the page immediately is how you run the bases. And I think guys like Sadler, Schultz, Matt Ricks are guys that really amplify that and exemplify how you do that. What's your philosophy with running the bases, and how do you get your team to feel like you get a runner on, a walk with two outs? For some teams, all right, no problem. Half your lineup, if you walk them with two outs, you're going, there could be some trouble. You're always yelling out different numbers, getting everyone focused in. What's the base running philosophy with guys like Sadler and Riggs? It helps that you have that speed, too. 
yeah, obviously speed and instincts are the are the two main things. And you know, there's some kids in the team that are fast, and then there are some kids in the team that just have good baseball IQ and good instincts. Um, we're, we we preach being aggressive. We we preach those extra free bases. You know, and Josh will, will will tell you here that if you're a pitcher and somebody gets on, and then all of a sudden he can't be held or the catcher can't throw him out, and he's at second base, now there's a different level of pressure on. So. We want to put that pressure on, pressure at bats, and then pressure on the bases. Um, we want them, you know, teams to think about us at second base as we're taking our lead and getting it maybe too big of a lead sometimes. You know, wanting to go back, but you know, extending that lead. And um, yeah, we're just super aggressive on, you know, on the base pass, and that has to be our mantra along with that. And, and playing the small ball game, that's kind of the two things that we kind of hang our hat on here at Algonac. Well, I've never seen, at least at the high school level, someone steal third in a regional game while the pitcher still had the ball. Like, you take the base running aggressiveness to a whole nother level. And then not just to do it once, get called back on a balk that wasn't a balk, and then to do it again the very next pitch. Yeah, that was a I, – I don't know if I, I, I wanted that particular play, but it, <laughs> it, it, it worked out for us in the end. You know, Caleb's a – Caleb Thomas is very much an instinct guy, and, and if he sees something, if he picks up maybe a guy as a one-look guy at second mm -hmm. base or a two-look guy, he'll be the first one to come tell everybody in the dugout, mm -hmm. and uh, he'll, he'll take advantage of it. And it doesn't matter if it's one or two outs. I've, you know, if you're, if you're playing by the book, you always say you shouldn't steal with, you know, with two outs. But right. if you get a good lead in high school baseball and you get in a third base, that opens up the pass ball. Mm -hmm. you, know, you put pressure on now on just a regular ground ball, the shortstop that should be routine. That maybe that they you know they kick it or they bobble it and then that guy scores. So um, that's never been really my, my my philosophy. It's always been aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Make the other team make plays, and if they do, tip their hat. But if they don't, now you got a rally going. Uh, in, in the BWAC this year too, um, getting a, the, that extra lead off of second was huge because I, I think I saw more guys get come down at the plate this year than ever before, and, and that comes to getting a good jump and, and getting, but there are a lot of strong arms in the outfield around the league. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Getting that, getting that secondary lead as coaches call it and uh, getting good jumps is very, very important. You know, like you said, there are our outfield league and we've, we've had our, sh our fair share that we're throwing out of the plate this year. But again, we, we err on the side of being aggressive. And I think our fans appreciate that, um, that I'm swinging my arm. If, if they got a good, a good, uh, a good lead and a good secondary, I'm swinging that arm and they have to make a play at the plate. All right, let's get into the postseason run. We talked about how tough the league is. And you know just to get out of the districts, out of the starting gate, have to get through Almont. And last year that was a district quarterfinal game. On a Tuesday you had to win on a suicide squeeze one to nothing. And last year's run was that close to not happening. This year, after you know battling with them in the regular season, in the postseason you – have another scare, and they, they're throwing everything at you. What was that district like? Because I'm sure there was a moment, whether you said it or not during the game, you get to the fifth inning, you still don't have a hit on the board. You're going, no, not like this. Come on. We, we have to find a way to win this. Yeah, I mean, Alma had you know had her number this year, and in particular, um, Rebna had, had her number. He just the, the way he pitched against us, starting off sliders, and uh, just had such command of the strike zone, it really gave us fits. And when, you, when you're a high school pitcher and you can pound the zone, it, you know, all of a sudden now you're down 0-2, 1-2, and so your, your flexibility as a batter kind of goes out the window. You have defensive swings. So, yeah, just getting out of our, our district was, was going to be key for us. Um, to be honest, early on in the year, uh, we, it took us uh, two out, two RBI, I think even a two-strike hit uh, double by Caleb Thomas just to – get us past Alma in, in game two. Yeah. And um, so that's probably in the back of some of those kids' minds. And uh, pressure builds a little bit probably. They get confidence, and we're losing a little bit of confidence. But if you can get into that pen um, on any team, you know, obviously we talked about ones and twos, um, you get into that third and fourth pitcher, there's a reason why they're third and fourth usually um, because you can take advantage of, you know, of some things. So that's, that was kind of our mantra is, is getting, you know, get that pitch count up. Get into the sixth inning and just grind one out. I mean, that's what we had to do. Yeah, the, I think the key there too in that game was always keeping the score close. Like you never got too many runs behind where it's like, okay, we can't catch up now. It's, as long as it's just a run here, we can get this. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, that, you know, on the flip side of that, when you have Josh on the mound, you know, I think our our confidence goes up. Also, you know, we kind of rely on that 
that thought process of, hey, we did this last year. We were close in the game last year. It was a one nothing game. We're going to find a way, you know, and, you know, what? Also go back to our season. We kind of drew off that experience. We were six and one in one-run games this year. So we've done it before. We can do it again. Just gotta, like you said, keep the game close, and good, you know, good things will happen. So you get through Montrose in the the regional semifinal. That game was wasn't ever much of a contest. I mean, no hitter. Was it was a no hitter at that point. You guys, it was that's just another win for you guys. Then you get to E-Course, and E-Course is a really talented team. Yes. The, the lefty they had, while he was a bit wild, had a lot of movement on his pitches, and early on was, was doing things really well against you guys. Like, not the greatest swings. You made them field it a little, um, and eventually you get the, the what, 5-3 to three win. But talk about that game, because at first, that, that kid comes out throwing, and he's throwing hard. I don't know if you had a gun on him, but it felt like mid to high 80s. He was bringing it in pretty well, and eventually you get a get past Ecorse, but they were maybe as talented of a team that you would have seen at that regional slash quarterfinal. Yeah, someone did have a gun on him. I think he was uh, eighty-seven or eighty-eight at times. Um, and yes, I mean going from our experience last year, we didn't hit the ball well against him last year with two lefties on the mound. Mm-hmm. He actually faced us second in that game, and I don't think we had a hit against him. We had one against their uh, their starter last year, um, and they were young. And we knew going into the season that they only lost one guy, and everybody was coming back for him. Right. So we knew it was going to be a battle. And obviously, the the coaches association knew that and ranked them third. I think they were third they or were fourth. fourth. And so with our district having one, two, and four within that district, I, I don't know if there was another mm-hmm. district or I'm sorry, regional, uh, in the state that had that had that. Right. So um, again, we grinded it out. <clears throat> Pitch count got up. Uh, he was fast, but, you know, we made him work. And I think Josh had two uh, bases on balls himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, again, if you're trying to get into that second or third pitcher that they have because, again, there's a reason why they're, they're that pitcher. Well, the last thing, at least in this segment, we're going to talk about, we could talk about East Lansing uh, later on. But you guys, at least it seemed like all year, you were focused on Edison. You knew they were the hurdle you needed to get by. And they were the middle game. And Cassidy's keeping it close, and they're keeping it close, and they're getting breaks, and they, they take the lead, and you're eventually it's going seven innings, now extra innings, nine innings, and eventually they win it in the tenth. I, I guess I don't know how I want to word this question, but you had been working towards Edison all year, and then Cassidy does the dirty work for you. Now, poor Cassidy, they they were just spent at that point. They didn't have a chance. But you, you work towards Edison, then you get Cassidy, and, well, the rest was history from that point. Yeah, I mean, you're you're doing this – you're kind of thinking about this two ways as a coach. You're thinking, yes, our mind's been on what we didn't accomplish last year against that one team, and that's kind of been your focus the whole entire year. And then they get into a game, and then it's like – um you know, maybe we don't want to see them, or right. or maybe it's better if somebody else does that. But I think at the point when, when it was getting to the seventh or eighth inning, I, I don't think it really mattered for the boys. I think it was right. like, okay, this well, they game. Were, they were locked in. Yeah. When I was out there in the outfield with you. They were ready yep. to go, and I don't think it mattered who was stepping out there. They were ready to go. But, I mean, whether you it was something said or not, Edison was the, the boogeyman you were you were aiming for in the quarterfinals. Yeah, it was it was one of those. Let's just get the game done. It doesn't matter who it is. We have goals. We have uh, right. we we have play, you know places that that we want to go, and it doesn't matter which team is is out in front of us. But yeah, you know you know Cass City played a heck of a game. That I mean that was was a really really good baseball game. It, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're just a baseball fan showing up, ten inning game. It was a little bit hot, but ten inning game and seeing all those you know they threw a lefty. That wasn't even the number one. He's got some talent up there, Morgan yeah. does. So I wouldn't be surprised if they if they come back next year. Yeah, they just had nothing left in the tank for you. Right. It was a situation, and you got, your kids were so focused that they stepped on the throat from Jump Street, and it was <laughs> it was curtains from there. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We're going to hand the mic over to uh, Josh, who's been uh, patiently waiting and wants to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so we'll talk to him next, uh, and then I think we'll uh, bring uh, Coach Taylor back on in the uh, third segment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV 835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV 835R and start telling your story. 
Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, in Michigan. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment DB advisor. DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue. Brisket, pork, and sausage, you're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on Lapeer, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone. And DB's does catering. Whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448. And like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five star reviews they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit once you get your mattress they offer free local delivery on all purchases 6.99 and up when you think sleep think mattress king Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales. Just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City. Call 800 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Poor Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady. We've got uh, Josh Kasner on the uh, show today, which which is a treat. Yes, it is. We, when we talk about Algonac uh, in the uh, the spring, we talk about pitching. Yes, we Between do. Josh Kasner and Kevin uh, Bomarito, they had I think it was just shy of four billion strikeouts this year. <laughs> Something like that, and what about a half a dozen no hitters between the two of them? Yeah. <laughs> At least that's the way it, it feels. Right. Um, back on Earth, let's find out how it really is. Right. So, uh, Josh, first off, congratulations on, on a, a great season. Uh, I know in the end you wanted a state championship, but here's the good news. You get to come back and try again next year. Right, yep, yep. Thank you for having me, and it was, it was a pretty good season. So, so I guess same thing um, from the players' perspective. After last season, you drop the game to Edison. I mean, obviously they were a super talented team, but you come up a little short. But that was your first time in those big, bright lights of a quarterfinal. How has the mentality changed in the past 12 months for you and your teammates and in the locker room? Right. Yeah, I remember last year in the quarterfinals against Edison, um, it, they were just a little bit better than us last year. So yeah. I'm not going to lie. They were the better team that day. And um I just remember us all talking like we really wanted to get back there next year and we wanted to win that game and get to East Lansing. So I think that 
Um, a lot of our players that came back put in a lot of extra work throughout the winter mm -hmm. and going into the into the spring there. So um, I think it was. I think that the Edison team they weren't as good as they were the like, year before. I mean, you but, lose an MLB draft pick. Yeah, but they were still a very good team. But um, I think that we just got a lot better as a team, and I think that we could compete with anyone in the state in any division. So. Uh, you got off to a really great start to your, your season. Why is that, I, I guess, is the, the question. Like, I mean, I, I get it. You know that you're good and that you're supposed to be the number one guy. But, like, you were just ridiculous at the start. And pitchers are supposed to have a ramp-up time, too. Yeah, and it's like it's cold, so you can't have a feel for the, the ball. Why were you pitching so hard? Well, I mean, I think that... It's again the work throughout the off season, throughout the winter. I I start pitching like near Halloween, a little bit before probably. So by the time the season comes, I know a lot of pitchers like at the beginning of the year they only throw like 50 pitches the first game or something like that. But I think by then I'm ready to go a whole game. I know coach still won't let me go a whole game at the beginning, but I think I'm ready to do that. So. Um, I want to talk about a little bit with the mentality and how the the work that goes into that. Last year when you made the run, it was like, oh, cool, look, Algonac's making the run. And coming into the year, everyone had the target on Algonac. Everyone in the BWAC was looking at you. Everyone in D3 was looking at you. And specifically you as a pitcher, it felt like every batter that came up, especially in league play, was giving, wanted to give their best because they knew what they were facing. How did it change from being the hunter to kind of the hunted in the league and around the state? Yeah, well, I mean... I think kind of I was really good last year, but like all the BWAC teams saw me last year, so they're mm -hmm. gonna see me again. So it wasn't their first time seeing me. So I mean, I know a lot of kids wanted to beat me. I know when I gave up. I remember in Yale when I had a two-game no-hitter going. Mm -hmm. I gave up that hit. They were not the players, but the the students that were at the game. They were all talking. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I think yeah, it was how dare you? Just a lot game. of kids. They just wanted to beat me. I think it was me as an individual more than, honestly, the team sometimes. But um, I kind of liked it. I think it was right. cool being able to kind of. Did you give up an earned run that wasn't a home run this year? Uh, I don't know. Because I, sure. I, I, I think I saw the three. I don't know if I ever saw someone get a couple of hits. So, Coach, can you while, while we're talking, can you try to find that for us? Because I know I saw the three, and you would have thought they just – I mean, it, it was a big deal for all of them. Well, but I, I guess I did in the postseason, but I don't know about the regular season. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I mean, and as far as the home runs go, you look at every big-time pitcher. They give up home runs because, one, you throw strikes. Mm -hmm. And, two, I think you supply the power, especially if they're hitting a fastball. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't want to say that they weren't good hits, but – because, right. I mean, they were good hits. They got, they got the barrel on the ball, so I'm not trying to take credit away from them. But And I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but I know the one game we were playing, like, 20-mile-per-hour winds. Yes, out. the one that I think the wind was aided. There was one that was squared up pretty well that I yeah. think almost went in someone's trailer. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, so what is the chemistry like in the locker room? It's very rare to see a team do things that you guys did where you don't have good chemistry, and it seems like you guys all like each other. Again, it's hard to tell from the outside, but what is it like in the – well, you have an actual clubhouse in the clubhouse and with the guys on the team. Uh, yeah, no, we keep it fun. I think this is the most fun I've had out of all my high school seasons so far. But um, uh, we had two transfers come in from Lancers North and Marine City, mm -hmm. and they fit in with the team really well. So it was really fun just getting to know them and being around the team all year. So. You know, I know a lot of people pay attention to you, but this is a, a good team, um, and, and there's a lot of guys. Who are the guys on your team you like to watch? Or you'll just kind of get maybe caught up a little bit. You're, you're standing at shortstop and you're watching somebody else pitch, or you're in the dugout watching somebody else hit. Who are the guys you like to watch play? Um, I mean, I like to watch – well, I like to watch my whole team play. I think everyone's good, but – um. Caleb Thomas is a really good shortstop. I like the way that he plays. Um, Evan Sadler is a really good catcher, so I'm very thankful that I have a good catcher on my team. And um, Tyler Schultz is a very good hitter. 
So those are probably the top three players that I like to watch. But again, my whole team is really good, and I like watching everyone. Well, you were the number one, but you had a, a 1B, too. I mean, Bryce Simpson was as good of a number two as you can ask for coming in after you, and it's, it's going to be nice to have that one-two combo back. But, I mean, when you're on, in the field, it has to know that you have a lefty that doesn't get hit hard a lot. And, well, he was throwing no hitters of his own. I mean, again, I think you guys ended up with like six or seven as a team by the end of the year. Talk about Bryce and knowing that you have another pitcher on your staff with you that can rise up to any occasion because he'd be a number one on a lot of teams. Yeah, no, I mean, that's great, especially like in the BWAC when you have two games, Monday and Wednesday, that you have to win. You have to have a good number two and a good number three and probably a number four. You can't just win the BWAC with only having one good pitcher. So it was great having him. And he's only a sophomore, so he'll have two more years. Sometimes it drove me crazy in the field when I was trying to get ready for the pitch and he's standing there for an hour and then steps off. But it worked, so I mean. Dennis is very vindicated right now. Pitch clock. Well, most lefties are bad when someone's on. Oh, come on. You're, you're a lefty. You've got an advantage. I know. They, they get down. fixated. Or right? He's out of sight, out of mind. Well, that's the thing. At least Bryce got the out, so <laughs> it wasn't like he'd wait and then give up three hits in the inning or walk uh, ten guys. Two nothing one hitter, I think. Yeah. Started made it. In the game took nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it 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 is uh, fun. Uh, I also um, like um, the the fact that pretty much anybody that that comes in seems confident. Like I, I don't want to say cocky, but you guys had a confidence, a, a, a little bit of a swagger. And good teams, I think this is part of what makes them good, is when you come out to the field and you feel like you're supposed to win. I don't want to say, like, oh, it's automatic, we're going to win. But you guys just felt like you're, you're coming out there, this is what we do. We, we play ball, we play it well, we're going to win today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the best teams kind of do have that. Uh, in order to win games that you I feel like you have to have that, especially in close games, like when you're maybe down a run or something, like in districts, you you got to know that you're the better team and you can win this game, even though you're losing maybe right now. And with that, the competition, Algonac's not a school that traditionally is one of those brands. Like, you play someone like Orchard Lake, St. Mary's, it doesn't matter if it's checkers. They're going to have this aura about them. You're starting to build that. And along with baseball, does having a softball program alongside you doing what they're doing help that it doesn't matter what ball field you're on in Algonac, you're going to have a tough time? And is there some friendly competition between the two teams? Oh, I mean, yeah, it probably helps. I mean, I guess when spring sports come around, everyone knows that Algonac's going to be, I guess, the team to beat. Um, And they've been pretty good. And I don't know if it's... I guess competition with them. I'd say that I went there last year to watch um, them play at East Lansing, and that kind of that was really cool, and that made me want to get there uh, next right. year. So, yeah, it kind of feeds off. I know this because I do a lot of the softball and a lot of the games. I sit out in the left field, I sit on the <laughs> table back there, and after practice, the guys come over. I don't know if Josh is among them, mm-hmm. uh, but but the, they will chat up the other team's left fielder. And one guy got a phone number. Yeah, that was last year, wasn't it? North Branch left fielder. Was it? So yeah. I hope that went well. That's your favorite story from the favorite. last three the, years. The, the guy's just he's, he's just chirping and chirping and chirping, and then the inning ended, and she just turned around and went right up and signed whatever it was and wrote her number down on it. And just laughed at the kid. Now he's standing there like this, and all the other guys are like, you know, looking like they, they don't believe what just happened. Now you don't have to out whoever it was, but do you know if it was a real number? I do not know who it was, and I have no clue. But all right, I'm assuming it probably wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is your favorite story. Yeah, but there is a lot of camaraderie between the two teams, like you said. Baseball team comes over to softball. I swear every time I do a baseball team, the, so- the game, the softball team's coming over. And the last two quarterfinals, I mean, the, the Cass City-Edison game was so long that the-, the girls got to get done winning their regional, and they were there to celebrate with you when you won your quarterfinal. That's got to be a fun feeling. Yeah, no, we support each other. It's really cool. Uh, we try and get to any games that we can. I know 
even uh, when the softball had their quarter quarterfinals, I think at Wayne State. Yeah. Uh, Coach Taylor made the practice early so we could go there and support them, but we were halfway there, and then it got <laughs> rained out, and then we couldn't do it the next day. But we try and get there whenever we can, so that's pretty cool. All right. Um, what's your favorite part about playing baseball? Like, why baseball, and and why do you enjoy it so much? And and is that what helps make you good at it? Is that you enjoy it so much? Uh, I mean, yeah, I enjoy it. I love. It's definitely my favorite sport. Out of I, I wrestled too. I played football. I played basketball when I was little. But um, I don't really know. It's just something about baseball. It's practicing is fun, and you have to enjoy practice. I think to get better and to be the best. I think so. Just enjoying practice and enjoying going to the field every day. I think is what makes me pretty good. So obviously, people have taken notice. You're pretty good. Michigan commit. You you have a future in some regard in this game. How do you yourself balance, hey, I want to work towards my future, but I want to make sure I take care of my, my guys here at Algonac, take care of my team here, and then I can deal with what's in front of me? Yeah, I think that just, I guess, working hard just every day when I, like I said, go to the field, I think that it'll take care of right now playing at Algonac and hopefully winning a state championship next year. And um, I think that it'll lead into my college career at Michigan. So. All right, so I'm the oldest guy in the room, I think, by a lot. So it was it was way, way different when I was a kid. How much baseball will you play this summer? Um, I mean, I try, I'm taking this weekend off. I think I need one weekend break, but after that I should be hopefully playing every weekend with my travel team, and then I'll play try and play fall ball this year. So, so when does baseball season actually end for you? Never. <laughs> when do the games end is what I should say. Uh, well, I think my last, well, I have all high school season, then it leads right into travel right. season, which goes till the beginning of August. Then I usually take a couple-week break, and I try and play fall ball for a little bit. But I have to find, like, a month or two in there to kind of let my arm rest and recover. So usually I'm just hitting then, hitting in the cage and doing stuff like that. But it really never stops, so pretty much all year round. I love it. Right, now, now, tell me uh, what it was like playing with your brother, uh, or was he cousin? Brother. Brother, brother yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, and, and does that push you? Did he uh, push you? Because uh, he, he's older, right? Yeah. So, yeah, what, what's that experience like? Because I played with a brother, and I hated it. <laughs> uh, no, I liked it. Uh, he was older than me. He was a senior when I was a sophomore, so I, had, I was on his team for two years in high school, but... Uh, it was pretty fun. He was a good player, and I, he wasn't. If you went to the field and watched him, you probably wouldn't think he was the best player, but he got it done usually. So he is a pretty good player. And um, I remember, so we do this thing at the end of every year where we, uh, I guess, when we lose, we were hoping we didn't have to do it this year, but we did. But um, when you lose, you say goodbye to your seniors. They all line up and you say goodbye to them. And I remember he was the last one in the line uh, when we lost to Edison. And he told me that this is my team now, and you're going to win this next year. And I said, I'm going to. And we didn't play Edison that game, but we won that game. We made it to East Lansing, so I thought that was pretty cool, and I remembered that. So, All right, my last question for you. You've got one more crack at this. You are going to be one of the big dogs in D3. There's no Everyone knows who and where Algonac is now. What's the, the feeling going into next year and after coming up short in the state finals? How are you going to try and lead the team and finally get that last final step to the mountaintop? Uh, well, I think it starts right now. I think that we're, we're going to lose a couple of our good players, but we're going to have kids that need to step up and that need to work throughout the offseason to get better. And um, I know I will be. I'll be a lot better next year than I was this year. And um, I think most of our pitching staff's coming back. We have me and Bryce and then Nate Rickhamon and then Cole mm -hmm. Thayer is hopefully going to be big for us next year too. So I think we should be fine as long as we keep working. Hopefully we could get back there next year and win it. There's a, there's a scary but fun, uh, fun thought. He'll be better next year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, thanks for doing that. Thanks for being patient. Yes. Waiting first. And thanks for doing this. Uh, and uh, best of uh, luck to you the, the rest of the way. Uh, and most of all, stay healthy. Yep, thank you. We'll be right back.
Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Come on, Raph. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue. Brisket, pork, and sausage, you're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on Lapeer, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone. And DB's does catering. Whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448. And like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. And uh, Coach Scott Taylor rejoins us. One of my favorite moments this year, Brady. I didn't do as many baseball games as you did. Right. But uh, Matt Meldrum stole third base Mm -hmm. in a game this year. And I thought it was the single greatest moment of the season. So did their whole bench. The reaction, yeah, of the team and and everybody was into it. The reaction because you know I'm sitting in in the crowd. I wasn't up in the, the press box that day. Was along the fence and just everybody was so excited. And it really wasn't a big play. And it really didn't have a factor in the game. It wasn't like it was a nail biter. It was just a play. But it was just everybody was just so excited for it. Yeah, I, I think that's more of our bench. If, if you've ever, ever been to one of our games, our, our bench gets after it. We have a lot of emotion on the bench. So anytime that happens, you know, for him, it would have been bigger than, than, his, uh, than his home run this year. I think he had five stolen bases, if I'm not mistaken, on the year. But maybe a yeah, couple of catchers in difference. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> the most aggressive team in the area. <laughs> so, and you've got a, a good fan base in no, go ahead. Uh, just you've got a great fan base. I was looking at the numbers for the the two games. Oh yeah. East Lansing, and it's ridiculous the number of people. There was a lot of people listening to to the games. And there were a lot of people there. And Algonac, not that big of a place. No, it, it's Every, not. Everybody gets charged up in the spring for baseball and softball. Yeah, I, and you forgot to mention wrestling in there too. That in that last right. segment, we, we with Josh Brian Ranger for the wrestling team has done a great job. But when it comes to spring. Holy smokes! Does this town this this town comes alive? And uh, I'm not sure there were very many people that were either not listening or at that game on on Saturday in the state championship game. That includes alumni coming back. I mean, people that I have never met before. You know, back in '78, I played and this and that. It, it, it's it was really cool to hear those stories and and um, shoot at that uh, at that regional game. And there was so many people at that regional game too. Well, it helped because you had every game at Algonac until the, the dang semifinal. I don't know how you pulled that coup off, but that was, hey, if they're going to ask you to host it, 
why not keep it close to home? And that was exactly it. They asked us to host it, and it took me all about 30 seconds to run run my athletic director down and say, we're, we're hosting. Well, it does help when, what, E-Course and Edison don't have a designated home field. So your two biggest competitions can't really offer to host it unless they get a college down in Detroit to do that. Right, yes. I couldn't imagine having a program and not having a ballpark. And having that good of a program, too. Yeah. Like those are two good teams, but anyway, let's let's talk a little bit about the time at Michigan State. The first game was a lot of fun because Lansing Catholic, the first couple innings felt like they were in control of that game. But obviously Josh hits the home run. And it felt like it took all the air out of their sails in every department. So they hit the home run to take the lead. It's three to one at that point. And it affected them at the plate. Like, they had been patient all game long. And then Josh's pitch count was up. And then the next inning, they go down on five straight pitches. And it's fly out, fly out, three-pitch strikeout. And the game was over right there. That was, I think, part of the, the mentality of come back, the confidence, we're supposed to win this game. And you, you, you crushed them in that, that point. Yeah, so as you know, I, I, I pride myself at, at knowing teams, knowing teams in our area, and right. it was uh, when you play at that stage, you don't know a lot about other teams, and we found out really, really quickly how good of a hitting team they were, um, and I, I told the boys prior to that one, the information that we did find out was they're kind of a carbon copy of us. They're going to be very aggressive in the right. base pass. They're going to have good contact hitters, and they're going to play the game the right way, small ball, and they proved that. Um, and yeah, that, that that home run by 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 Josh was was amazing. It was it was a great moment. And in fact, um, uh, a lot of a lot of the coaches, a lot of people messaged me afterwards and and talked about your call on that on that home run. And um, there's there's talk that we might put a little a little button in there and maybe you <laughs> have the trade market. Maybe we can pay you for it. But your voice on that call is it, it was it was really really impressive. So. Um, as Josh rounded that third base, he, uh, he left a welt on my uh, on my arm. As he, I showed him, I showed him after the game the welt. But yeah, it was it was an emotional it was an emotional home run. And you mentioned the pitch count. Pitch count was getting up. And after that happened, I think the next the next inning was a five pitch inning. And I think the one after that was in the single digits also. And and it was it was all she wrote after that. Well, I mean, it really can do that to you. You're, you're thinking to yourself, Ooh, we scored a run which we weren't sure we were going to do today. And now if we can just hold it, we can beat these guys. And then all of a sudden, three-run home run, and you're looking at it going, just now we got to score four to win? I don't think we can do that against. Well, that, that, that's what it felt like Lansing Catholic thought. They go, we got our run. Have to hold them. And as soon as they went down to it, it felt like from their side they went, we're not going to score two more. No, no, and, and and that was a shot too. I don't know if you know how far that was three three forty down the line, and it probably you know Josh will say hit the top of the flagpole or the mm. foul pole, but it was you know it was halfway up. It was three fifty three sixty. Oh, so it was fifteen twenty feet over the fence. Yeah, I mean it was it was a shot. So you, you just see you know, baseball is a game of ups and downs, and we talk a lot about trying to stay the course, but it's it's tough at that stage. There you know you're an emotional um, emotional team, and um, kind of. The wind came out of their sails a little bit after that, and so um, you know, I, I I knew once Josh hit that and had that next inning that he wasn't coming out of that game. He right. was going to find a way to stay in that game, and there I didn't even need to. I mean, I did warm up somebody else, but I didn't really right. need to. <laughs> yeah, the, from from your perspective, like it's easy for Brady and I, like we don't really detach ourselves when we get to that point. We're Alpenac fans at that point sure. when, when we're doing those games, uh, and that's who we're rooting for. But we can kind of sit there and go, okay, it's three to one. I feel good. <laughs> when do you feel good? When the last out is called? <laughs> yes, coaches and every coach will will say that it doesn't matter what the score is. It, it, you feel good when that when that last out. You know, I, I, we'll talk about Bridgman here. I'm sure here in a second. But Bridgman was a perfect example of that. In their first district game, they were down nine to one or eight to one to Niles Brandywine and came back and won that game in in eight innings. And I'm sure that coach on the other side from Niles Brandywine felt pretty good right. with a seven-run lead going into seventh inning. You just it, it, It's baseball. You never know what's going to happen. Crazy things happen out of that ball field. And when you're in that big stage, you know, yeah, you have your horse, you know, on the mound. But when that last strike is called is, right. when, is when I'll be excited and give somebody a hug. 
So yes, um, we will have to talk about the Bridgman game for a moment because you get to the state championship game and it apparently Bridgman was the team of destiny. So first of all, did you know that the kid was a knuckleballer coming into it? Uh, we did not. We okay, because I didn't either. It caught everyone in the booth by surprise. And it felt like I have, I've never seen someone have pin... First of all, you don't see knuckleballers hardly ever anymore. And then after that, it felt like he was living on the black with a knuckleball, which just felt like he had some divine intervention with that pitch at times. I think their whole team did. I mean, I was looking looking prior to, and I believe four or five of their games throughout the playoffs were by one run. We already talked about the yeah. the, the opening district game that they had. And looking at the, the information we did have, we knew he wasn't a strikeout pitcher. But we knew he was going to be a you know a pitch to contact type of a kid and let his defense work, and sometimes against against teams who swing the bat well, those those softer guys, whether it's a knuckleball or a curveball or a changeup, they mess with your timing, and mm -hmm. and that's what pitching's about is messing with timing. What you know, you know if if you're a good team, you're going to hit 94 against Josh, right? right? But if but if Josh throws a slider, works his changeup in there, all those different pitches that he has helps mess with the timing. And he did a nice job. You got to tip their hat, you know, tip your hat to them. They uh, they had the confidence once they got up, you know, a run. Um, they kind of just fed off that, fed off the energy. They hit us well and they picked it, you know. We put the ball in play, but unfortunately it was to their best player at shortstop mm -hmm. the majority of the time and, you know, it doesn't diminish, obviously, you know, the season that, you know, that we had. And that's what I, my message to the team afterwards was, was it, it doesn't diminish the season that, that you guys had, but um, it definitely leaves an empty, empty taste in your mouth and in right. your heart there. And hopefully our, our kids are able to kind of feed off that going into the offseason for next year. Let, yeah, that's another way that the slower guys mess with you. Nobody hits the slower guy the other way. You're all yeah. trying to pull it. You're all, oh, it's going to hammer this. Yes, you definitely do. <laughs> well, and with, with the knuckleball, like, he was on that day. Like, he could have pitched 14 innings. I don't know if anyone's touching him. But if you see a knuckleballer the next day and it's not dancing or there's some, then it could be seven runs in two innings and it's Cassidy all over again. It, it just felt like it was their day. And obviously, looking back, you guys didn't play your A game. I don't think anyone in that dugout would say you did. And it wasn't anything terrible. Like, you weren't throwing the ball around. It wasn't a what-are-you-doing type situation. Just little things that had been going your way and you've been doing well all season long just maybe weren't there 100% of the time. Yeah, I think the, the majority of our lineup just kind of picked the same the same game, the same right. day to kind of not have their A game. I think you're, you're right on there. And, Said it wasn't any, it wasn't errors. It just, it was their day, you know. In, in baseball, you know, Scott Evans has a, has a great quote. He says all the time, it says it was, it was either our day or it wasn't our day. You know, it's just, it wasn't our day. Right. And now, well, hopefully, we're sitting here in a year's time and we're talking about that game like we're talking about the Edison game right now. I think that'd be a whole heck of a lot of fun. Um, but you, you built up this Algonac program to be known around the state. Like you, from day one, were either one or two. It felt like in the, in the coaches' poll. I don't think you ever dropped below that. How have you built up a program that has been good? Like they haven't been a doormat, but to build it up to be a state power, obviously having players like Josh helps a lot. But how do you get to that mentality of we are the top dog? Everyone's gunning for us. Welcome it and stand your ground. Yeah, I think it's it's more of the culture that that we've have been able to build here. Um, I look back to it actually started probably back in 2017 and 2018 uh, when we were D2 and we beat uh, we won back to back districts, uh, beat St. St. Clair both those years, um, and it, you know go on to to 2019. I think we had a really good year. It took us uh, took a two run home run um, for us to lose two nothing to St. Clair, and then 2021. It, Honestly, I think that was probably one of our better teams that we had. Um, we beat uh, three ranked teams and lost to Bedford, who was D5, or I'm sorry, D1, uh, ranked number four, going into districts. And, it, and obviously, we lost to Richmond there in right. the, uh, the district finals. Richmond and, was a semifinal team. And they were a semifinal team you know, that, that year. So I think it's just kind of been building. Um, outside of this area, you probably didn't know of us up until last year, and probably rightfully so. But within this area, you know, Lots of coaches have mentioned they you know, like what you're building, and it's it's definitely a process. Um, 
Yeah, obviously, last year we, we had a fantastic year, and shout out to our seniors. I think what they did last year to help bring this program to the next level and you know raising the bar really really helped us going into this year. And I'm hoping that you know setting that bar even higher this year will help us lead in, into you know into next year. And um, you know that bad taste in our mouth will kind of resonate with a lot of our kids. Josh mentioned in the last segment about um, the work they're going to do in the off season, but I think right. it's. It's not just the summer ball because everybody plays summer ball. I think it's when you're done playing summer ball mm -hmm. and the open fields in the fall and the four-mans whenever they start up. I think that's when you really, really make your your presence known for the next year. You I mean, separate yourself you, from the past. Yes, and, and I, I have a great staff. I mean, you know, I hadn't, haven't had a chance to really talk about my staff, but without my coaching staff, you know, none, none of this happens. I mean, uh, Scott Fogenhagen is a guy that's been around baseball for a long, long time, and, and he's just a baseball wealth of knowledge. Kip Molesky is a, a D, former D1 player, um, brings all kinds of knowledge. Uh, shoot, uh, David Hindy's been with me since since day one, and we have a couple other guys on our staff, B.J. Meldrum and Rob Schultz, that you know are the film guys or the an, you know the analytic guys that you know, that film our four our four man sessions mm -hmm. and and just you know give those little pointers and. You know, without them working so hard from November of this last year, we wouldn't have made this run. So, you know, we had shoot three or four guys at every single one of our of our off season workouts, uh, coaching wise, and that takes a lot out of their family as well. You know. Right. You know, uh, whose idea was it for the clubhouse? Because it's little things like it makes it feel professional. It gives it that little extra something. You know, the, the kids can walk out of the clubhouse onto the the field, and it just feels. Like more cooler like you're more you take it more serious well that 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 whole thought process obviously was a you know was a pipe dream to begin with but back in 2017 um, we were after practice kind of talking about upgrades as a coaching staff we would like to make and somebody mentioned the clubhouse it's like yeah but our, our batting cage just just got blown down by a, a freak windstorm you know that came through I think we should address that first and so we kind of just kind of plugged away at a couple of the big things that we needed to get done and Somebody brought up the clubhouse, and uh, it just kind of went from there. And in our community, you talked about community support with going down to the game, but our community just wanted to get behind and donate and give their time, uh, whether it's the concrete guy that's going to lay the concrete for free as long as you pay for the actual, you know, the actual product or um, the builder that's going to put up the walls and it's going to be on his tab. Those things all had to come together for the for, for the clubhouse, and we're, I mean, super super fortunate. If, you know, I know, I know Brady's been in there, and I'm not sure if Dennis, if you had a chance to look in there, but not it's yet, but one, one of these days we'll have you in there. It's it's not good right now. It's kind of mm -hmm. dirty and, and, and smelly in there, but it's the end uh, of the season. It's, it's the end of the season. Dennis has been in plenty of hockey locker rooms <laughs> after that last playoff game. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. We're definitely very very fortunate to have it. So I guess, how do you stay on top? What's the messaging? Because it changes from two years ago when you're trying to build up, you're trying to work your way to this point, to now, hey, everyone's gunning for you. Not just the BWAC, but around the state. Now, e-course, after losing to you two straight years, you're going to be target number one, most wanted. Everyone else in D3 is going to be gunning for you. You made it to the finals this year. Now, you're going to obviously have the talent to get back there next year, but it's not guaranteed. How do you keep change the messaging to stay on top and become one of these dominant D three programs? Well, you mentioned the the hunter and the hunted. I mean, we've we've been that community for a long, long time that has the chip on the shoulder. And this year was different. We we were the number one ranked team going into it, and I wasn't happy about it. But <laughs> as a coach, you you never want to be that guy right off the bat with the target well, on their back. I just tell all the coaches, like I told Rice, then don't be that good. <laughs> yeah. If you're not as good, we won't rank you number one. So. Yep. Um, I, I think we draw off that experience that we had this year, um, just knowing that you're going to get everybody's best. I mean, you're going to get everybody's best going into the conference. We talked about that with their number one or number two pitching-wise. But, you know, Josh also hit on it. Every single person wants to hit a home run off right. of a kid going to Michigan or uh, somebody that's, uh, you know, that's a D1, you know, uh, potential guy. Um, and I think we just feed off of that from, you know, from last year. We need to uh, work – very very hard during the off season, and uh, um, after summer ball is done, we'll start those four mans up, and we'll uh, we'll have a couple open fields here and there. I know that a couple of the coaches are excited to get after it and teach the fundamentals to our young kids. We have a we have a great group of uh, JV and freshmen. I have great JV and freshman coaches that teach fundamentals, and 
you have to have that. You can't just rely on D1 athletes right. to come through. You have to have a team and, yeah, well, we'll a, and, and a program. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> at some time. At some time. And then we have, you know, shoot, we have 25 eighth graders coming in for next year. So the coverage is not dry or, 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 or bare. There's definitely some talent still. And um, our Little League program does a great job. Of We had a Little League day this year, which was we had one last year, which is pretty excited or pretty exciting for those kids to um, to come out and stand on that field with the with the with the big kids. So we try to bring it into the community and and uh, uh, build from with, from withneath. All right, you got anything else? I've got nothing else. Um, just again, congratulations. Um, still a great season, obviously. By as far as you've made it, the the farthest Algonac baseball has ever gone. So I know you came up that step short, but like I said, hopefully next year we're talking about that game like we're talking about the quarterfinals this year. All right, and uh, I want to thank Coach uh, Thaler and uh, mm -hmm. Josh Casper for hanging out with us. Well, I, I didn't say this in the very beginning, but we definitely appreciate as coaches what you do for, for our communities and in, in the Thumb area and the, in the Blue Water area. So thank you for, wait, for what you guys do as well. Well, we appreciate having a good team to, to, so we can strut our stuff when we go to East Lansing. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it a lot of fun. So, so we can walk around the, the press box and with the press around the state and act yeah. like we know what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we cover this team. They, they are good, aren't they? Uh, all right. Uh, and like I say, every time anybody says something awesome, this beats working for us. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Right, so thanks again, uh, guys. Uh, congratulations on a great run. Thank you. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.